0: Cinderella stories all over the place in the NCAA tournament. This weekend we have the final four coming to Houston, and I'm looking for tickets. So if you want to give me any, that'd be great. Outstanding, awesome. A Cinderella story is uh, is, is a story of somebody or a team or something going from absolutely nothing, or it looks like, man, there's 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 no way in the world they could ever win. There's no way in the world they can ever come out of that, and they end up winning at the end. And as a Christian, we all have a Cinderella story. We're all living that right now, believe it or not. Because at one point in your life, you were headed straight to destruction when you did not have Jesus Christ. And when you accepted Christ into your heart, your Cinderella story began. And for the next few weeks, I want to talk about that. Last week was really the time when it was supposed to happen. But around 4.30, I was up in my office and I started to feel real bad. We had just got back from the uh, Dominican Republic, which was amazing, amazing mission trip. I encourage you to go on that next year if you are in high school. And apparently I had eaten something and it got in my body and it hurt me and it was bad. Some call it a parasite. I'm going to start selling those, okay, because I lost five pounds with that sucker. I mean, that's all, hey, parasite, you want to lose weight? I've got a parasite, and I'll sell it to you, and you'll lose weight for sure. It may hurt, but you'll lose weight. So the series was supposed to start last week, and landed. man, I called him up around five o'clock into my office. I'm like, hey, bro, I'm dying, and I need, it's not funny, like, haha, you're dying? Well, who laughs at that? But I appreciate it. Cool, that's be my funeral. Um, and so I said, "Landon, can you come and do this?" He stared at me like, "Oh yeah, I, I need you to speak. You're in, in about an hour and a half. I need you to go and prepare a message." And he did, and it was awesome. I went home. I watched the entire service on my phone, which is so cool to be able to see all that. And God moved. We had somebody uh, get baptized last week, and that is awesome. It's incredible. And so, the reason I'm speaking early in the night, normally we play three songs, I get up, we play two songs, and you all leave after I speak. Let's stop doing that. We go to eight o'clock. And so let's maybe next week we'll'll we'll, we'll, we'll kind of do it different. Like we'll do three songs in the beginning, and then I'll speak, and then we'll do two songs. And to leave after those two songs. It's very disruptive whenever a pack of 100 of you decide to leave. We can't stop you all, so you can do whatever you want. You could all like, stand up right now like, I'm out of here. Like, okay, bye. And I'd be sad and cry all day, night. So I'm going to ask you to please, let's wait till the night's over. Unless you totally have to go. I understand, you know, your parents are here. you got to go potty. You're hungry. Whatever. But I'm going to ask you to give us at least an hour. Cinderella stories. We'll talk about Cinderella also, the princess. Why? Because I know all about that. Because of my daughter. She loves to dress up as a princess. And by the way, if you haven't heard, uh, my wife and I are having, she's really having it. I don't know why people say that, like we're having. I'm not having it. I get to, whatever. But we're having uh, a little girl. So that's exciting. (laughs) And her name is Cinderella. Cinderella Head. It's so hard naming my, ch- my children. Anything with head is just weird, okay? It's like, let's name it, it. <laughs> let's name it Bob. Bob Head. That's weird, okay? Bob your head. You know what I mean? And, I'm, and my kids are going to get made fun of in school, period. Okay? It's just going to happen. It's going to happen. Because I lived it all through school. And I'm stronger because of it. That's my Cinderella story. (laughs) Psalm 63.1. Psalm 63.1 says this. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. That verse right there is somebody who is saying, my life is in a really, really bad place right now. And God, I need you person's on their knees saying, Lord, help me. I have nothing. I need you. And right now in this room, and right now maybe you're watching this on, online somehow, and right, maybe maybe you're listening to this in a podcast and it's way years later, but right now that may be you. Where you're in a place where you are so thirsty, where you are just dry, where life seems like it is horrible. Maybe right now you are so overwhelmed and stressed out with life that you don't know what to do. Maybe right now you're going through major loss in your life where someone has just recently passed away and you don't know how to deal with it. Or someone passed away a long time ago and you're still dealing with that loss. Maybe right now you're in a relationship with people, friends, and you know that they're bringing you down. You know that they're the things they're saying, the things they're doing, the things you're doing are bringing you down. And you don't know what to do and you want to get out of it. And you're in a place, you're like, I just need to get out. It's messy. You feel like everybody hates you. You feel like everybody's looking at you weird. You don't like to wake up in the morning and life is hard And that's real. And that's people in this room. Maybe you're an adult in the room and you're like, man, we, 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 we don't have any money. I honestly have no idea how you're thinking right now. I, I don't know how I'm going to feed myself. I don't know how I'm going to take care of my kids. I don't know how I'm going to get gas from my car. Maybe you just got laid off. I don't know where you're at. But this verse right here is, is us. You, God, are my God earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my everything longs for you. And there's times in life whenever that's, our life happens and that's what the outcome is. We're like, I got nothing left. I'm just going to get on my knees and I'm just going to pray and I'm just going to search God and I'm going to need him, I'm going to yell for him. That's the correct response. There is multiple times in my life when I thought, I can never get out of this pit, I can never get out of this hole, I can never get out of this darkness. Some stories I can share with you, some I cannot. But I've had some times in my life where, man, I I seriously thought my life's done. One was whenever my grandfather passed away. It was one of the hardest Days of my life. Because that man led me to Christ. Shaped who I am today. And I remember just sitting there thinking, man, nothing else matters. I don't care about anything. And Jesus is drawn to people... Are messed up. Jesus is drawn to people who are hurting. Jesus is drawn to those who are in the struggle. And this is this this what I'm about to read you really fit in for last week for Easter. And it really fits in for this week after Easter. Luke 23. Look how Jesus is drawn to people who don't have it together. And their life is a mess. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. In his last hours, Jesus' last hours, he was in the path of people who were hurting. In his last hours, Jesus decided to be with people. That were hurting. And so, and so there may be times when you're like, oh, he doesn't care about me, he doesn't see this, he doesn't know what's going on. I just want you to know that even in his last hours, Jesus was with people that were hurting when he was hurting. Verse 33, when they came to the place called the Skull or Golgotha, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And this place called Skull, this was a massive trash dump. This is where everybody took their trash, was at this place. And not only would they take their trash there, but this is where they would take the bodies that had died on the crosses, because just understand, Jesus and the two criminals weren't the only ones that ever died on the cross. This was a way of punishing people for very minimal things. And then they'd put them on the cross, they'd die, and they'd walk off and forget them. And they would rot on the cross. And then somebody would be like, hey, you need to go take down that rotting body on the cross. You need to go throw it in Golgotha, the place called Skull. Bodies would just decompose there. Dogs would eat the flesh. Birds were there. Disgusting. A disgusting, smelly, trash dump is where our Lord was placed on a cross for us. Verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. And the people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. And they said, he saved others, let him save himself. If he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. And so here's, here's what that looks like. It looks like someone is on a cross at Fry and I-10. Right up the road, and if you walk by those people, you would say they—you would think they probably deserve what they're getting, and that was normal. And people would walk by, and the and the the husbands would cover their the the eyes of their of the women and the children because it was so disgusting. And so they had these leaders go by, and they're like, "Yeah, (laughs) he deserves it. That Jesus guy deserves it. Those criminals deserve it." They're up on that cross, rotting. They've got nails in their wrists, bleeding. And by the way, they didn't always choose to use nails. Some people, they just tied them up on the cross. You can see that in old pictures. But Jesus, they used nails. And they did it through his wrists. Not his hands, his wrists so that he wouldn't fall. And his feet together, like this, not rope, nails, boom, through both feet. And he was up on the cross, people were saying, ha ha, you deserve it, you loser. And Jesus says, Father, forgive them. I mean, that's us sometimes. We continue to, we we know the truth, we know Christ, we know the gospel, we know the right thing to do, but what do we do? We kind of look the other direction or we say other things, and he says, man, just forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The soldiers came up and mocked him. They made fun of him. They offered him wine vinegar, which what that did is actually whenever they put it on a deal and gave it to him, he took it and it made him more thirsty. He thought it was water. Made him more thirsty. He said, if you're a king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. And they're like, if you are the king of the Jews, if you're so cool, then why don't you get yourself down off the cross and go ahead and walk down the street. Check out verse 39. And before I read this, I want you to understand, and, and, and you know this because I've talked about it so many times. I've read this verse 100 times. There's so much gold in this verse. Notice this next sentence of what the criminal says. And I want you to think about this. The criminal is up there, and the only way that he can breathe, because you die on a cross because you can't breathe. Suffocation is the reason you die on the cross. So what he did to, to breathe, to talk, you would pull yourself up and you would talk. And you're in a lot of pain, a lot of pain. So this jerk, criminal, is in a lot of pain, he's hurting like crazy. And what do hurt people do? Hurt people hurt others. People who are hurt are really good at hurting others. People who are hurt really like to go and make fun of other people, put other people down, crush other people. Hurt people hurt other people. And maybe you have been hurt by those people or you're the hurt person hurting other people. But look what he does. In his last words, his last breaths, he says, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself. He is making fun of God in being a punk in his last words. That's not a good way to be remembered. How are you remembered? What what will your last words be? What will your last post be? What will your last picture be on Instagram? Snapchat, whatever you use. What's it going to be? When I do funerals, you know what I do first thing? Call the family. Second thing, I get on this person's social media. And I see what they have written. And sometimes it is awesome. It is incredible. I look at their pictures on Instagram. What was their last picture? Sometimes it is so powerful. Sometimes I have to call the family and say, hey, can you shut their Instagram down? Oh, I don't know their password. Okay. Okay. What's your last post, your last text, your last words going to be? Because believe it or not, we're all going to have a last. We're all going to have last words. We're all going to have a last post. How are you going to be remembered? This poor joker is remembered by being a jerk to Jesus Christ. I know right now you may not think that death is an option for you. But I want you to know it's an option for you. I don't say that to be morbid. I say that to be honest. Some of you need to clean up your stuff. Some of you need to start shining Christ more than yourself. Some of you need to realize the influence you have and how you're completely blowing it. Some of you need to realize that what you say and do online doesn't match up with what you say and do in church. You're like, well, I really don't care what you think, Michael. Great, I don't care what you think either. I'm worried about what the Lord thinks. If you're trying to impress me, I'm not God, okay? I'm like a horrible Jesus. So that guy was talking to me on the cross, you know what I do? Like, poof, gone, see ya. bye-bye. Dust. Clean up your stuff. If you want to know if I'm talking to you, you can ask me and I'll tell you. And I'll say, well, let's look. Let's just see. This guy's last words were, hey, Jesus, if you're so cool, get off the cross. Look what the other criminal says. There's two up there. The other criminal in verse 40 says, shut up. Jesus is probably like, whoa. Calm down, brother. I got this. Calm down. But look what the other criminal says to this criminal. He says, shut up. Don't you fear God? Since you're under the same sentence, we're punished justly. for getting what we deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. He is saying this, guys. He is saying Jesus is all we have. So can you please not make fun of him? Can you please not do this right now? This criminal has realized he is at the end of his rope. This criminal has realized he is about to die. This criminal has realized that that is Jesus. And this criminal realized that I need to call on Jesus. And he's telling this other guy, bro, hey, you better seriously stop. And then look what this criminal said. This is so big. In verse 42, then he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Let me say that again. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Let me say it again. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He is saying, Jesus, please, I am hurting. My life is messy. Things aren't good. I'm going to die. Will you please remember me? Will you please remember me? Will you please remember me? And there's days in your life when you feel like you've been forgotten, when you feel like you're at the end of the rope, when you feel like your life is messy, when you feel like things are disgusting, when you feel like you're in that trash dump. Maybe you feel like you're on a cross. Maybe you feel like everything is out of control. I'm going to ask you to pray and to say what this criminal said because sometimes that is all we have. Hey, Jesus, remember me? And your Cinderella story starts right there. Remember me. And Jesus says, I'll remember you. In verse 43, today you'll be with me in paradise. Today you will be in heaven. Today you're going to be out of this garbage dump. You're going to be out of this smelly area. You're going to be out of this mess. And I want you to know that even though it's messy right now to you, paradise is coming. Paradise is coming is coming to the mess. Paradise is coming to the junk. Paradise is there. But it takes us saying, Jesus, please remember me. Too many times in life we kind of don't cry out to Jesus. He's not afraid of the darkness. He pierced the darkness. He's not afraid of the smell. All over the Bible it says how he walked into different places and it was disgusting and he went in there and he healed people through the smell. He's not afraid of any of that. Some of you, your Cinderella story starts right now. You're big comeback win starts right this moment or maybe possibly you'll remember this message and there'll be a time in your life and you're like okay Jesus remember me please remember me and you're crying out to him in your mess and your junk and everything You know, I I, I listen to a lot of messages and, and, and podcasts and this guy named Perry Noble said something this past Easter and I loved it. He said, a lot of people want a resurrection in their life. They want a resurrection. They want their Cinderella story right now to happen. He said, a lot of people want a resurrection in their life, but they're not willing to go through the crucifixion. I love that. A lot of people want to be the princess at the end of the story. A lot of people want to come out and be the big winner from being the underdog. But what people don't want to do is go through the hard part. Go through the part that's really, really hard. And people are giving up all over the world. And I'm going to ask you, instead of giving up, instead of throwing in the towel, instead of turning away from Jesus, let's cry out to Jesus. Let's Get more involved in Jesus, say, remember me.